even the people that are really good at loving kids that may not even be biologically related to us, right? Mm -hmm. And working with kids in that capacity. So we kind of threw ourselves into that, took a sidestep from career building to think about, you know, what, what if we do something to give back? Welcome to Declaration of Independence on Agency Nation Radio, where insurance professionals turn on the mic and share unscripted stories about leadership, technology, marketing, success, and failure. Stories that helped to make them the professionals that they are today. From Main Street USA to the pages of Independent Agent Magazine. Brought to you exclusively by Agency Nation Radio. Today we meet Brian Bradley, founder and co-owner of Covenant Insurance Services, LLC, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Brian and his wife have spent years in the nonprofit world, working with children, giving back to their community, and trying to make a difference. But the challenges of life as both a father and working in the nonprofit world presented Brian with a dilemma. He loved giving back and making a difference, but he knew that if he couldn't take care of his family, something had to give. And it really was, you know, who I knew at the time, a friend uh, that I'd known through some social connections at church and, and in my community. I was helping him paint his basement and talking about work stuff and some of the frustrations going on, as we all have, with the particulars of my circumstances at the time and just saying, I just need a place to talk about this. And, and he had just been promoted with the company I used to work with and was now recruiting people and trying to help people through into that career. And so we, as we talked it out, he was a little hesitant to, I appreciated him being hesitant to just make me a number. You know, he wanted to make sure it was a good fit, but in the end, it, it was. In 2009, Brian made the decision to leave the nonprofit world and began working for a captive insurer. Seven years later, he co-founded Covenant Insurance Services with Stan Gachenko, his co-worker and work wife. Welcome, Brian. Thank you for joining us today. Why don't you begin by telling us a little about why you transitioned from working in the nonprofit sector to that of insurance. Yeah, so I was in kind of education and nonprofit work before. I had grown up in the Southeast, uh, originally from South Carolina, after college in Georgia, Northeast Georgia, a little small school there, uh, to Cole Falls College. I had moved from there to Tennessee with my wife, who I met there. She's from the Midwest here. And so I kept her there as long as I could. We worked at a children's home, private school. And once our time there was done, we had, I have a lot of kids now. We've always been the people that are really good at loving kids that may not even be biologically related to us. And when that time was over, it was kind of a hard, what do we do next? Thought about going to school, going on into education and teaching, and then just decided, you know, if we don't move back to family now, we won't probably. So we just decided, let's go to Lincoln and we're still at a place in life where we can do that. Um, and. You know, those are always hard circumstances when you're moving half a country away and, yeah. <laughs> and you're ending a job that, like that where you're just heavily invested with people emotionally and, and then starting over. But it was a good thing, you know, to be close to family, mm -hmm. kind of rekindle some of the connections there. And then I started working here with a grant program that did some of the things I used to do through a grant program at the end of my college career there. I'd worked with the AmeriCorps Boys and Girls Club in Northeast mm -hmm. Georgia. Uh, doing some literacy programs and mentoring sports and fitness stuff with the Boys and Girls Club. And we like working with people. We enjoy this kind of passion work, you know, where you get to put in, push into people's lives and meet real needs, real felt needs for people. Um, but if you can't take care of yourself, obviously something has to break there. Yeah. You got to be able to balance this thing. So that's how I 
started to end up in that basement painting that night, you know, and talking through those things was some of the stuff going on there. Mm-hmm. So, and, and, you know, at first I considered it kind of a lateral move. It was like, well, I'm thinking about what they're going to offer me here. And in our circumstance, we were like, okay, there's a little guaranteed money here. There's a little book of policies to build on. It seemed like some, somewhere to start at least. And it seemed like a lateral move of like, well, if we try it for a year and it doesn't work, what are we really out? You know, we're not really out that much. So that's kind of where we were when that decision got made. And looking back, it was like, oh, I probably could have done that before then. So you began your insurance career with a captive insurer and then made the leap to becoming an owner of your own independent agency in 2016. Tell me about that. Ultimately, I had been prepping for this for probably two years. And I think when I think back about it, I've been asking that question, what's it like over there? I don't really understand what the options are like over here. And there's kind of this like, haze or fog that you have as a captive when you don't know anyone on that side or you don't really it's kind of there's a little bit of a barrier between the two worlds and partly because the captive world i think at least in the past hasn't wanted that to be a wall you could see over you know Mm -hmm. because then you would understand some of the differences between companies and the mission structures and compensation models and bonuses and also appetites between companies all, all the different things that come with being on the independent base or channel and so when we got to the point where it's like okay we need to pull the trigger on this and do it i probably could have done it two years previously prior once once it was all said and done i think i looked back at that time and thought maybe that move should have happened earlier than it did i was probably ready for that now what one thing i will say about you know the captive side of things is they do a really good job at product and training and marketing i mean in some ways captive companies are just large marketing firms that happen to sell insurance. <laughs> so they have these huge marketing budgets and commercials are everywhere. I mean, you see some of that from the independent space, but by far and away, think about the captive companies and how much you just see them out there, right? The things that, oh, is it the direct writers and the captive company. So um, they'll teach you all that stuff, branding, technology, uh, the mentoring to go through. They they want you to drink the Kool-Aid, believe in what you're selling. And the independent space has a harder time doing that because of all the variation, you know, all the differences that you have to kind of manage there. Having one thing to focus in on, that, that actually, there is a benefit to that, at least at the beginning of a career when you don't know anything. But still, you, you get to kind of set the pace and the tone a little more, right? And I think that that's maybe the biggest difference in what was much more attractive about this side once we decided it was the right thing to do. How difficult was it to make a successful career in a new field? Some people probably understand, and maybe you will as well, the the sense of imposter syndrome that all of us tend to have when Mm -hmm. you feel like, I don't really belong here. Does anybody else know that I don't belong here (laughs) kind of thing? And coming from a rural, more rural community in the southeast and a, a poor background, at least from where I was sitting, right, in my seat as a child, and where my parents were, I didn't really have, I didn't get to see from sometimes when you're sitting in the row right behind the driver's seat, you know, you kind of get a sense of where the car is going mm-hmm. on a road trip or in the car. And I didn't really have that view of successful career. Looking at over the edge, kind of trying to see what's this look like on the other side? I knew what grant work or nonprofit work was like being involved in a church growing up and going to a small college where we, we had like volunteer hours we had to give back, but actually crossing that threshold into oh, there's a for-profit world where all of these same skills can be used to do good for people, to speak into people's lives, to, to kind of push back into that. And I, I didn't really have a vision for what that looked like, though. so it was, it was pretty scary yeah. at the time. But um, looking back at it now, I'm pretty obvious that, oh, that, that was a good move. You know, it's a good call. 
What do you enjoy most about working in insurance? The people is the best part of this job. Yeah, absolutely. And I imagine if you ask a lot of people on the sales side what it is, they probably would say the same thing. Like the people you work with, the people you work for. What are some of the biggest challenges you and your agency face today? Insurance space has changed a lot in my decade or more doing this, and and I think it's gonna that's gonna continue to happen with uh, not just technology, but I think socially customers expect, and that may be part of what is the most difficult piece currently is just the kind of keeping up with that, if that makes sense, making sure we're not stuck in a place where where we're not responding to people the way they want to be responded to, making sure we keep our referral sources in touch and communicating with them, building processes that kind of do the things we need to do, keep making sure we're leveraging technology the right way. And I probably, you know, the people part of running an agency is also some of the, the frustration in it because, you know, you have, as you expand, you got to have people to help you do the work. How do you keep up to speed with everything? There is no magic bullet. <laughs> I know the big eye does tries to provide a lot of members and I'm on the board here in Nebraska. So I, I maybe am a little more plugged in than some other members, right. but there isn't just an easy solution because I think some of it also has to do with where you're located, you know, your geography, your client base. And uh, I'm convinced that over time, agencies like ours that are more local community-based or agency like relationship-based rather than direct sales or just online kind of interaction. Cause I know there are some people that have pushed into that space too. They want to digital agencies, things like that, they start to look like you a little bit, like your those relational-based agencies. Mm-hmm. So you end up having people that are target market, that, that natural attraction happens in your local market. So some of it is knowing your people, right? Knowing who your magnet is attracting. Some of that is knowing what people need, right? So I think some of the work is just being kind of honest with and maybe keeping your finger on the pulse and not just taking it for granted that you just always know. So review management, making sure you're getting good feedback. And we're actually in the middle of changing our vendor that we were doing reviews with. Uh, We had used the service that our network had kind of provided and wanted us to use for a while. And then we just decided, hey, we're going to shift back to the one we'd used in the past. We actually liked the way they were doing things a little better Mm -hmm. because it was more a reflection of the way we want to do business with our clients. But we liked the the way that it connected us with our people. Talk to me about the strategy for growth in your agency. Stan and I both feel like what we are now is more... Uh, advisory with our clients were more solutions based and less like kind of another old adage when all you have is a hammer everything looks like a nail we're not just running around like hitting things hoping it fits right mm-hmm. your close ratio should be a lot higher on the independent side and you shouldn't have to worry about just pushing pushing so hard that you can sell something because you're going to have an appetite it's more about talking your clients through the pros and cons and kind of advising them on what questions they should ask so some of the ways we've done that is like we use a lot of video quotes and proposals so that we don't ask people we don't beg them to come see us in person anymore we kind of meet people where they are but we have tried to find ways to bring the humanity back to that as opposed to just sending people here's some numbers tell me if you want to buy it thank you so much for your time today brian you can find brian bradley at linkedin and you can visit his agency website at www.covenantnebraska.com that's www.coven a-N-T-N-E-B-R-A-S-K-A dot com. This is the Declaration of Independence. I'm Olivia Overman, content editor at Independent Agent Magazine. 
the monthly deep dive into the IA channel, available in print and online at iamagazine.com and free to all Big Eye members. If you know a superb agency or an agent you feel should be featured on the Declaration of Independence, send us an email at iiaba.net. Declaration of Independence is a podcast of Agency Nation Radio, powered by the Big Eye and Trusted Choice.